The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail Chose to serve your country and we know you served us well But now you're back and it's our duty to keep you safe and warm Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms We're America, your family, the land of liberty We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free We are America, and we truly do believe You're the backbone of our nation, thanks to you we're living free We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue We're America, your country, and America wants you It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray, along with his co-host, Linda Crater. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray with his co-host, Linda Crater. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network. Today is January 14th, 2014. I'm your host, Gary Ray, along with my co-host, Linda Crater, President and CEO for TheVeteranCaregiver.com. Linda, how are your holidays? My holidays were absolutely wonderful. Good family get-togethers, lots of or too much good food, and uh, (laughs) a good fresh start to the new year. Oh boy, a lot of food, right? Too much food. <laughs> yeah. We're we'll leave spend, it at that. <laughs> we're going to spend the next couple of minutes with Anthony from Veteran Trek. As everyone already knows, Veteran Trek is about two veterans that are walking just a mere 2,700 miles from Milwaukee to LA. They have made a commitment to bring awareness to PTSD, veteran suicide, and dry hooch of America. And they're doing a damn good job. Go ahead, Anthony, you're about 18 days away from the finish line, aren't you? Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I, I bet you are. <laughs> you <laughs> sound a little weary, Anthony. Uh, well, I mean, we've been sleeping outside in the Mojave Desert the last few nights. Um, beautiful stars, chilly temperatures, but when you know that you're you know, less than 20 days away. Like yesterday, I was saying that four weeks from yesterday, I would be home for the first time in five months. So um, when you realize how close you are to being done, you just kind of want to get done. Mm-hmm. That's true. How many tennis shoes you went through? Um, well, I went through the two <laughs> right away in Wisconsin. And then uh, since I switched to the brand I'm wearing now, I've only, this is my second pair of them. So, 
when I'm done, I'll have, I'll have done four. But if I'd stuck with the same ones, I probably would have gone through about 20. <laughs> might want to call that last person after you get back and give them your testimonial on their shoes. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same company too. I don't understand why one sucks so bad and the other so good. <laughs> Was it your first pair you blew up? Second pair. They Second that, those pair. really upset me because they only lasted less than a hundred miles, and they just oh. collapsed on the inside. Boy, oh boy. Now you're excited. Any incidents happened in the last week? Um. Nothing like too extreme. Like we uh, we made our way across western uh, Arizona and crossed into Needles, uh, California. And we've just been walking on Route 66 through the Mojave Desert since then. Um, we went through a little town in Arizona called Oatman. I guess it's pretty popular for uh, bikers and tourists. But uh, if you blink, you'll miss it. And it's just like a little old mining town that you uh, you have donkeys running around wild <laughs> all over and through the streets and stuff like that. Oh, boy. Hmm. I guess now, they, were left there by, they were left there by the miners uh, when they went to World War II. They just let them, they let them go so they could go off to war, and uh, they just multiplied <laughs> on their own. Now, there's an interesting war peripheral trickle-down. Yeah. Wow. The tourists. The tourist donkeys of Oatman. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think you should write a book after this. Yeah. He probably we'll will. He's a writer. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah, other, than that, other than that, not too many not too many incidents. It's just a lot of really boring walking, to be honest with you. Like there's nothing out here. It's just mountains and sand and scrub brush. Uh huh. I gather next week you might not even be within the reception area. Next week, by this time, we'll be in civilization. Okay. Okay. Well, we should hit we should hit Barstow by this weekend. We only have like eighty miles to go to get there. Wow! Right now, if, if anyone wants to look up where we are, we're somewhere between Amboy and Ludlow. Wow! How close are you to your goal? Uh, for monetary donation? Yes, the monetary. Um, we're, we're right around, I think, about like 67,000 to 70,000 raised. I haven't checked it in the last few days, but it's somewhere we need to raise about 30,000 more dollars to hit 100,000 for Dry Hooch. And how can everybody help? Well, they can go to our website, um, www.veteranscheck.com. Um, they donate through there. They can also go to our Facebook, um, and they can donate. It all goes to the same place. Um, since the beginning, you guys have had your texting set up, um, and people can use their phone and text, and that goes uh, directly to Dry Hooch as well. Or if they don't utilize technology, they can go, well, I was going to say they can go to our website, but they can uh, pull out a phone book, I guess, and look up Dry Hooch's address in Milwaukee, and they could send a check directly to Dry Hooch. Yeah, we covered all the bases there. Yep. <laughs> or you could send a donkey. Yeah. Pretty much. Exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, you know, really, we want to wish you all the luck in the world. You're, you're very, very close to that finish line, and everybody's going to be waiting and rooting you on. So, again, uh, you guys take care. Uh, We'll definitely be with you next week again, and uh, good luck. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good day, guys. 
All right, you too. Thank you. Thanks, Anthony. All right. Linda, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest today? I am very pleased to introduce our guest today. We are going to be talking today with Tori Shannon, a writer and a full-time caregiver of a wounded warrior who was injured in 2004. I'll let you tell her, her tell her own story, but I can say with complete assurance that Tori is fearless, honest, clear-eyed, and knows her resources and how to best navigate the system, which is why we've asked her here today to talk about practical caregiving tips and what she has learned. So, Tori Shannon, welcome to the American Heroes Network today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Tori. Um, I think our listeners would be very interested in a brief overview of how you became a caregiver, the timing and when and how. Absolutely. Um, Well, our story is a little different um, in the sense that my husband uh, was injured in 2004, but I was his ex-wife at the time. We had divorced the year prior, and he had volunteered to go to Iraq uh, in 2004 from his duty station in Korea. So as a result of our divorce, we were able to co-parent on different continents and uh, kind of have lines of communication that were a little more healthy than before our divorce. And um, at the time, we had three children, ages 3, 8, and 13 at the time. Mm. And his injury was uh, in Ramadi. He was in the second battle of Fallujah and then moved to Ramadi. Um, He was a senior sniper of the Ghost Recon Platoon. Mm. So he was on the front lines. The, the entire time he was there. So mm-hmm. it was only a matter of time before he took uh, a bullet to the head, um, and he is a walking miracle. Um, at the time of his injury, um, I simply came to bring the children to be with him when he needed them the most. And one thing led to another, and not a plan of ours. There was no real intention necessarily to get back together again, but we did remarry in 2005, um, we spent three years at Walter Reed Army Medical Center in Washington, D.C., where he was inpatient and outpatient. Uh, he had multiple surgeries. There was a long process, in part because they kept losing him in the system. Um, and so one thing led to another, and we dealt with a lot of, of the uh, broken system there, in the retirement process, and so we became central figures in the Walter Reed scandal, the newspaper articles in 2007 about um, Walter Reed, and he testified before Congress in March of 2007. Um, It's been a long journey for us. We've learned a lot along the way. It was um, uh, the TDRL process, which is the Temporary Mm -hmm. Disability Retirement List, that could take upwards of five years. So he really was not retired, medically retired, until 2009, nearly five years after his injury. So to say we've been through a lot uh, would be an understatement. Um, we finally, as I call it, got on with our life. We moved to a remote area of Colorado in 2009, and we live at a location of 9,100 feet above sea level. Um, and it is a very, very remote location. The nearest Walmart is 90 minutes away. The nearest stoplight is over an hour away. Um, <laughs> we do a lot of driving to get to a lot of his medical care. However, because he's 100% t- 
totally and permanently disabled. And his primary injuries are a traumatic brain injury because of the penetrating gunshot wound to the head, but also PTSD. It's the invisible injuries that we deal with. Right. When people look at him, you know, they, they see a man that's upright and on two legs, and they, what they don't see is a debilitating uh, injuries uh, to, to his brain and, um, you know, to his heart and to his soul. So he struggles quite a bit, and living in a remote location has been a very healthy thing for him. So what I do, aside from caregiving, is I uh, started blogging a couple of years ago just to kind of, it was an outlet for me. I never realized, you know, when I slept through my English class in high school, <laughs> I never really set out to be a writer, but I found that it was so therapeutic for me mm-hmm. to be able to tell my story and share it with others. And one of the things that I learned is, you know, I wasn't alone. There are so many other caregivers out there, even though we may have uh, unique circumstances that differ from one to another, we all have this universal um, uh, story. And mm-hmm. so... I use blogging as a way to reach out to others. Um, we, you know, we, I, I, I've gotten into advocacy, kind of sharing what I learned with others along the way. I'm, I serve as a, uh, one of the inaugural fellows with uh, Senator Elizabeth Dole's Foundation, Caring for Military Families, and I'm very honored to do that. And I, I do a lot of um, advocacy and outreach. So today I hope to impart some of that knowledge and advice and encouragement to caregivers that are listening in today or for those that aren't caregivers that want to have a better understanding right. of what caregiving is like. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And I think, Linda, you'll, you'll agree to this, that we strive each week to present our audience with true stories of our American heroes and the individuals or organizations who assist them. We work very hard to provide fresh information and resources for the challenges of our military and veteran families. So, again, what we need, we're going to actually want 2014 to be the best year. And we need your help to do this. We'd like new ideas and what type of shows you would like to hear. We need every one of our listeners to go to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com on your computer or phone. We are mobile friendly. And go to the blog and give us your input. Help us out here. After all, we value your opinion. You know, our original format at the beginning was to cover heroes from all uniform services. Let us know if you want us to bring that format back. I'm Gary Ray along with Linda and our guest, Tori. You're listening to the American Heroes Network powered by Voice America on a variety channel and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. 
By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. And we're here with Tori Shannon. And Linda, you had a question. Well, I think a good way to lead into some of the information that I know Tori has to impart is to ask what does today's caregiver of a veteran look like? Well, question. that's a great question. Um, a lot of the caregivers are very young. Um, you know, caregiving in general, in the general population, involves uh, someone who's older in their life and caring for an aging adult uh, parent, that type of thing. Um, caregivers from this era are generally in their 20s and 30s, an average age uh, that was identified in the RAND report uh, that was uh, commissioned by the Dole Foundation that I was able to participate in. The average age was 38, but it can be as young as uh, 20-year-olds. So there's a very large range of age, but it generally leans towards those with young children who, um, you know, they, they're not only caring for their veteran spouse, and I want, do want to say in the, for the purpose of this episode, I'm going to refer to the caregiver as the wife. But caregivers can be male or female. They can be a spouse or a parent. Um, caregiver is just kind of a universal term for anybody that's stepping in to provide um, the day-to-day care of their loved one. So for the purpose of this, because I'm the wife and my husband is the veteran, I'm going to use that as, as my point of reference. Um, many of us are caring for young children. Um, as I mentioned, our kids were 3, 8, and 13 at the time of my husband's injury. Our youngest is now 13. But we do have an infant in the home, our granddaughter. So 
Um, you know, we're dealing with young children. Um, we are also dealing with our own aging parents. So we're not only caring for a veteran, but are caring for children as well as our aging parents. So we kind of get sandwiched into caregiving on multiple generations. Mm-hmm. Um, we often have to leave our jobs in order to provide that full-time care. Um, I was going to school full-time at the time of my husband's injury, and I have tried to work outside the home. And we came to the conclusion that I simply cannot work outside the home, and uh, going to school is just an overburden on the stress of the family. Even though I'm a very good student, it just is too much. So I've learned how to keep my focus just on the caregiving alone so that I can give my best caregiving possible. Um, you know, the, the caregivers are, mul- are navigating multiple health care systems in the course of providing the care. They're not only dealing with the VA, but they're also dealing with TRICARE, which is the military insurance. They also may be dealing with Medicare. Um, they're dealing with civilian versus military versus VA providers. And when you go to a civilian doctor, they may not know the language or the lingo or the culture of military life and, and um, obligations and stressors. So it's kind of like they, they don't understand our language or our lifestyle. So you kind of have to educate the actual providers themselves as to what the veteran's needs are. Um, many times, especially during the retirement process, there's major transitions going on. You might be moving to be near family. Um, in our case, we moved away from family because family was actually a toxic element in our, in our uh, day-to-day living. Um, you know, I love my family and he loves his family, but we found that it was very difficult for us to be near family because they actually created more work for us than alleviating the work. So a lot of the caregivers do not have a support network. What should be their support network isn't. Um, There's moving. There's the kids going through school changes. There's job searches and losses. There's financial transitions. Um, You may be bringing in a new child into the environment. Um, there's just a lot of major transitions that go on in the course of the the recovery process, and caregivers are dealing with that, and they're generally the younger population. You know, Tori, um, we, I agree with you that the bulk are the younger population. There's also a significant number of parents um, and even brothers and sisters taking care of uh, veterans who are injured. I think you hit on a very important point when you talked about the education of the civilian uh, physician population and efforts are being made right now through several groups to go into each of the states and educate the civilian population on the culture, the needs, the nomenclature, all of it. Do you feel that you've seen any of that uh, results of those efforts yet? I believe so. You know, I I have a a motto or a belief, I should say, that, you know, you can only educate those that want to be educated. So Mm -hmm. you're going to have resistance because um, in my own personal experience, here's a recent example. Um, The home health agency that provides a full-time home health aid for my husband during the day just hasn't quite grasped that this era of veteran, um, what their needs are. 
she would make comments, and I love her dearly. I really do. It's just it's it's an it's a lack of understanding. She verbalized, "Well, he's so young. You know, my husband is fifty years old now, and she is stuck in the aging population." Okay. Uh, mentality. So mm-hmm. I tried to explain to her that there are 20-somethings out there that have similar issues and that she needs to understand this and grasp this as a service provider that there is a generation that she hasn't even thought of that are in their 20s and 30s. My husband's 50 and too young in her mind. What does that mean for the 20-year-old? So um, it was educating her and... So that's just one example, but yes, I believe that there are a lot of providers in the medical healthcare system that are starting to get it, but then there are some that are resistant simply because they've never really had to deal with this type of population, and it's very similar to prior era veterans, but mm-hmm. it's also very different, and that's what they need to understand. Tori, how do you manage these issues? Oh boy, a lot of patients. Yeah. Um, I... I find that when I approach the uh, caregiving team involved in my husband's care, that I approach them as a team environment. I approach the providers with a team mentality. In other words, let's all work together. Now, a lot of times I deal with either resistance or downright just a lack of knowledge or compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, they could very well be wrong or not doing their job. But what I've learned is that it's my job to convince them to see it my way and that my voice matters and that I'm going to use it. And when I do it, I don't use it in a hostile way, but I use it in a persuasive way. I try not to alienate the very providers that I need on my husband's team because the end goal is to do what's best for him. So when I run into resistance or I run into someone who is not aware of what his specific needs are, what the general population uh, needs, I try to educate them. And I do so in a compassionate way. I try not to come across as, well, you know, what do you know? And, you know, I try not to come across, but I need them to understand that I am their first line of defense on his care. I am here 24-7. I am the one that knows him inside and out, and when he can't use his voice to advocate for himself, I'm the one that's going to do it. And I have earned a lot of respect in my husband's care team. Um, I am fortunate to have a wonderful team uh, through the VA, but it wasn't always that way. I've been diminished. I've been shushed. I've been asked to leave the room. I have been insulted. I have been, you know, I have dealt with some pretty difficult situations with caregivers in the VA system, and it was trial and error. I had to learn how to hold my tongue and when to use my tongue. You know, I I had to know what was going to be the best possible outcome for my husband. So basically, that's what it, it has amounted to is that I have a wonderful team environment because I help foster it by being a team player, if that makes sense. And I also utilize a lot of the tools the VA provides, like my healthy vet. It helps close the lines of communication that sometimes get broken or fall through the cracks. I use it. I document. I create paper trails. Amen. Um, We can talk about this now and then continue after our break. Um, We have a couple of minutes still. 
would you agree that the invisible injuries are providing a particularly gnarly, difficult, and hard-to-understand set of injuries for both the physician care teams as well as the general public and your neighbors uh, in, in terms of understanding? Absolutely. I'm going to give a real quick example. I'm seeing an influx of this, and it's happened to us personally. Um, my husband, um, as I mentioned earlier, he's a walking, talking miracle. He has his good days, and he has his bad days. Um, he is able to drive, and we want to foster and facilitate his independence. On the days that he's not having a good day, I do the driving. On days mm-hmm. that he's really well-connected and, and doing very well, um, he will do driving, you know, to town, to, to go into town. Um, we, his doctor said, look, I want to facilitate your independence, but you're having difficulties with, um, with uh, depth perception. He's missing an eye. And he has some other physical uh, limitations as well. And so she suggested that he get a handicap placard. Because he'd had like three accidents in parking lots by that point, and we didn't want to stop him from driving. So he received a handicap placard, and I blogged about this as a matter of fact. Someone in our community challenged him in a very public and embarrassing way. Oh, no. Because he didn't deserve that he was using the handicap parking space illegally. Mm. And she and I had words, and I provided solutions for her. She felt that it was that big of a deal. I gave her alternate options, but that she is never to embarrass my husband in a public way ever again. And that would be the last we had that conversation. You know, I'm very firm. Um, I am seeing a lot of caregivers and veterans um, online that are discussing frustration because the public will challenge them when they use a, a handicapped parking space with handicapped placards and tags. Because Mm -hmm. the invisible injuries, they're not understanding that just because you're not in a wheelchair, you know, you don't have to be in a wheelchair and you don't have to be elderly to qualify for a handicap placard. So that's just one example. This is a trend. It's very frustrating. I understand the public's concern about people misusing handicap spots because that's a big problem, too. We we go to park in a handicap and somebody's using it as a waiting spot. You know, it's frustrating. But I think what's happened is the invisible injuries are so hard to see and so hard to understand that they are real that we're running into confrontation with the general public, even in the course of just going to the grocery store to get some milk and bread. That's right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda and our guest, Tori Shannon. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. 
you can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo@americanheroesnetwork.com. At Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with Tori Shannon, and I believe we're going to continue talking about the invisible injuries, uh, which is a, <laughs> something that's hard to understand for a lot of people. But, um, uh, you know, what's the community involvement on this? Um, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, community involvement as far as understanding PTSD and TBI? Yes. Okay. Um, well, there are a lot of wonderful programs out there. Um, you know, if you go online, just Google, you know, mm-hmm. um, how to deal with PTSD or how to deal with TBI, there, there's everything from programs that will help provide counseling. There are hotline numbers. There is a plethora of information out there. You can use social media to reach out to other um, families that are in similar situations as yourself. I do a lot of connecting online through Facebook groups or through my blog or through different organizations. There's just too many to list. I will say that I'm very thankful for the wonderful outpouring of support and information that has come about because, you know, 10 years ago, that information wasn't there. This was this was an unknown territory and an uncharted territory. So, um, you know, you I have a page on Facebook. You know, I do often, you know, give some um, resources that I find to be valuable. There are a lot of caregivers that are bloggers like myself. And, you know, my first go-to recommendation is just go to Google. If you are dealing with an alcohol element in your marriage because of PTSD, then go to sites that specifically deal with that. There's a lot of um, inpatient programs that deal with that. There's a lot of um, support groups that deal with that. 
So because everybody's situation is unique and different, that's why I say Google it because I'm not dealing with self-medication issues in our, in our current life, you know, but years ago that was, that was an element that was starting to creep into our marriage and we were able to deal with it. But, you know, for me to give one specific resource, it may not fit everybody's situation. So go to Google. And, you know, you can go to my my blog or my website. I highlight them. But I think the Internet has an outpouring of of information uh, that would get you in the right direction. That's perfect. I I agree with you because there are so many resources. If you don't mind, I'd like to go back to something you mentioned about family and Mm -hmm. invisible injuries. I we talk a lot and, and you and I both know many, many caregivers who have uh, challenges mm-hmm. with their families. We've just finished the holidays, which are often stressful just in their own right, based on a lot of gatherings and maybe some dynamics. But family is often the element that finds it the most difficult to understand the invisible injuries. I think you and I have both heard many times, um, well, isn't he cured yet? You've been home for five or six years. How do you feel, uh, what do you feel is the best way to both identify and educate family members and then to make choices as to what is best for your veteran? Because certainly no one-size-fits-all exists for uh, how you work with family or without them for that matter. Sure. Um, And this is a great topic and there's a lot of different directions I can go with it. But, you know, I'm finding an overall theme with the community is that a lot of times the very support system and safety net that we need in the course of providing care sometimes is the source of frustration and toxicity and um, kind of undoes a lot of the hard work that we do. There's a lot of misconceptions, assumptions, and misunderstanding even from family members. It is a rare case where I see a caregiver and veteran that has fully supportive family. And it's not because they don't want to support, it's they don't understand how to support. There Mm -hmm. are ideas of support. Sometimes is in conflict. For instance, um, we had... Child support, uh, child protective services at our home five different times because mm. the fam- um, in my side of the family, their perception of PTSD was that he was somehow a threat to me and the children, even though he never exhibited any behaviors that would justify such an investigation. That mm. was extremely stressful and Definitely. toxic for us to have to go through that. Now, we passed with flying colors every time, but it shouldn't take five different investigations to get the message across that PTSD does not automatically make you a threat to anyone. Mm. Um, so that was a struggle. That was just our own personal experience. We um, sometimes have family members that often do what we as caregivers do. We wish for what once was. We, we have not yet mourned the loss of the man that he once was. They want him to go back to the way he used to be, and that never happens. So a lot of times they, they don't understand why the wife is calling, the caregiver is calling to say, I'm sorry, but we can't make it to the Christmas party that you invited us to. Mm-hmm. Like they don't accept invitations anymore because leaving the house, let alone going to a very... Um, busy environment with lots of people and crowds and noise and, um, you know, fireworks in many cases. I've written about this, you know, mm-hmm. uh, fireworks are 
a really big deal. So, and a lot of times we just simply keep to ourselves because it is a coping mechanism. It's not because we don't want to be with you. It's not because we wouldn't have fun at your party, but sometimes these family gatherings can be very, very stressful. And it's not just um, uh, in that moment that the stress is, is happening. Sometimes just leaving the house for my husband, say, to go to the Denver VA, it could take weeks for him to recover from something like that. So basically, a lot of the family members, they try to understand, but they simply haven't gotten it yet. And then the other thing is that sometimes there's competitive caregiving. Yes. A lot of times the in-laws or, you know, your sister or whoever says, well, I can do a better job than you. Or they make comments about how lucky you are that you get to stay home all day. Mm, Right. And they don't understand this is 24-7 care. And you have your good days and you have your bad days. A lot of times, like, um, I let self-care go by the wayside. Um, in part because if I did go out with my best friend for an hour to have coffee, I could come back to the worst PTSD episode I've ever seen simply because I had gone and left the house. Or someone will say, well, it must be nice that you can just go run off and have coffee. I mean, snide comments would come in about taking an hour to myself for the first time in months. You know, so I think a lot of understanding needs to come in from the family members. And I think a key thing that they need to keep in their mind is what can I do to help? Don't criticize. Don't um, make comments based on assumptions. Like if you assume that we're sitting at home eating bonbons and living in a lap lap of luxury, you're sadly mistaken. You know, there's oftentimes we don't have the money to hire the babysitter so we could step away. So why don't you say, what can I do to help? And if the caregiver says, I need you to watch the kids for three hours on Friday, don't ask why. Don't make them justify it. Just say, I'll be there. That's all you have to do. You know, it's interesting. It's very simple. Just say, what can I do to help? And be willing to do whatever it is that we lay on your plate. Be willing to to take it and, and not... Hold it against us later, I guess, is the best way to say it. Ideally, you would want both compassion and non-judgment. Mm-hmm. You had to pick one. Which would you pick? I'd say non-judgment. I think compassion is, is we all have the capacity to have compassion. Mm-hmm. But I think one thing that we tend to do that we shouldn't do is pass judgment. And I'm guilty of this, too. I mean, we all have opinions about anything in life. But when it starts getting into judgment, um, you know, we've dealt with um, going to social gatherings, the times that we have gone, people will say, oh, come on, it's just a beer. It's just, a, it's just a one drink. Why, you know, what are you, a wussy? You know, they, like, they'll shame you into doing things their way when they don't realize that with a brain injury, alcohol is a very bad thing. Mm-hmm. And they need to listen the first time that we say no or I'm sorry, but we won't be able to do that. It, they have to listen. Take it for face value and don't judge. That's true. Tell you what, we're going to go ahead and take a short break. Um, again, oh, I'm going to ask you this. Thirsty yet? Keep a close eye on our site because something's exciting is going to happen very soon. My name is Gary Ray, along with Linda and our guest, Tori. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back.
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with uh, actually Tori Shannon. And uh, Tori, have you ever heard of Dry Hooch? You know, I would love to hear more about that. I actually yeah. have not, so I'm, I'm very interested. Actually, the uh, Veteran Trek guys that we talked to at the beginning of the show, uh, they have, uh, Anthony was actually the director of operations, and uh, there's 10 of them in the United States so far, and hopefully on, on their trek across the United States, there's a lot more going to be opening up. Uh, we opened up one uh, here in uh, Central Florida, the first one in Florida, as a matter of fact, uh, dry meaning um, uh, just alcohol and drug-free, and uh, naturally hooch is uh, more or less a place that they can relax a little bit with a roof over their head, a little bit feel safer. But it's a peer-to-peer atmosphere for our veterans. And you should see, uh, we, we had our, our first meeting about two weeks ago there, 
and uh, it turned out very well. Uh, in fact, uh, five there everybody came by themselves, so nobody knew one another until they sat down. And uh, actually, uh, I went in about four hours after the meeting, and there's five guys, uh, you know, just talking away over there. Uh, they just feel so comfortable talking to somebody you know, that been in the same situation. Uh, they offer a lot of help. It's community orientated uh, and it's a coffee shop. Uh, it, it helps out these vets. It's been helping them very successfully uh, at the other dry hooches and hopefully that uh, uh, I've been talking to Anthony, um, Linda, and uh, we might have him come down and run, run the one right here in Florida. That'd be great. And you enumerated all the benefits really well. I would simply add one more in that the coffee shop is also open to civilians, so it also provides an outlet for awareness and growing understanding of vets, their needs, and just be able to talk to them one-on-one. Exactly. So peer support as well as community awareness, it's a really terrific program. That is an amazing concept, and I will say that, you know, even as my husband's caregiver and spouse, you know, there's there's some things that he's just not going to be able to talk about with me. He needs somebody mm-hmm. that was there and understands, and I right. understand that. I don't take that personally. I want him to reach out to other veterans, and I have found that just having that connection with other veterans is so therapeutic and so healthy, and, you know, a lot of the wives take it personally, or they might be upset that they're off with their buddies to kind of, you know, have guy time, but, you know, I facilitate that. I want that for my mm-hmm. husband. Um, and the fact that it's centered around coffee, I, my husband has a cup of coffee in his hand all day long. We call it his line <laughs> blanket. So we have found that it's actually helpful for him with his brain injuries. It has a calming effect. So that's a wonderful concept. I'm really yes. applaud you guys for that. And actually, Bob Curry, the uh, president of it, he was just uh, up, I think it was last May, he was up in uh, Washington and he received a uh, call that a merit of uh, honor of change. And uh, they're very successful. Every week, every weekend they have something going on, which if it's a barbecue, a run, uh, you know, involvement with the community, and that's what it's all about. Awesome, awesome. That's great. Well, keep up the great work. I hope you see that in a lot of communities, and I like the fact that other civilians can participate as well. Oh, it yes. does make a difference. Mm-hmm. Tori, we are running out of time. We need to have you on another time. Um, we talked on the break about uh, some tips that you would have to offer to caregivers because whether we like it or not, crises come up in our caregiving and it can take many many forms and I believe that you had some tips to offer of how to break the cycle if that does occur and and where do you go after it and how do you avoid them in the future so that's a rather large topic to put succinctly but maybe we can get started on it today it is um i i apologize that you know i'm going to go over just a handful but there's hundreds that i could go through and um a lot of them are on my blog but you know one of the things that i have found is i had to learn my own uh what my level of stress was i had to be in touch with my own self um and i have what's called a stress barometer and for me it's the twitchy eye um when you are losing sleep or very stressed. I know a lot of people have said they've had the same issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their eye will start to twitch. It's it's kind of like a fluttering sensation. Well, for me, when that starts happening, I need to dial it back a little bit and start kicking in some of my coping mechanisms that help me kind of get it back into a more 
calm and centered uh, environment. And I know a lot of people, they go towards yoga or meditation. Um, I've never really been able to develop those go-to things. I've got some different ones that I'd like to share. Um, I put into my life what's called margin. I build this margin, this buffer zone, if you will, uh, that basically allows me to create some space and some peace in my life. For instance, my email inbox can get very overwhelming. I get a lot of questions from people, and I can't keep up. So what I do is I go under my vacation settings, and I put in a away message that just says I am you know, trying to be as efficient as possible, but right now um, I only deal with email twice a week. And um, I'll get back to you within the week. Because I basically uh, condition people to understand it may take me up to a week to get back to you. Mm-hmm. So that's one technique I use. Um, I get paper plates and uh, disposable cups <laughs> and cutlery. I'm not kidding here. I get crockpot liners and I go towards crockpot meals mm-hmm. and I cut down on the amount of housework I'm generating for myself. I keep it to the bare basics. If I can get a load of laundry done and I can get a load of dishes done a day, I call that day a success. And it's even more successful if I can get my shower in while I'm at it. You know, I kind of let, not lower my standards, but I alter my expectations for what is considered a successful day. Well said. Give yourself some credit, okay? (laughs) If you need to spend your day in pajamas, uh, you don't want to do it every day, but, you know, it's okay. Pick your battles wisely, okay? Um, This is a really big one. Turn off your phone. Let it go to voicemail. People tend to rattle and prattle on when they call you, and if you answer the phone every time the phone rings, you are going to have your day directed by other people's agendas and needs when you need to focus on your own. They can leave a message, and it's amazing how somebody can get to their point within 30 seconds when that's all they have available to them. Um, Or if it wasn't important to begin with, then they'll not leave a message. So it kind Mm -hmm. of... It kind of just narrows down what's important versus what is not important. Um, so I, I let things go to voicemail. If you call my house right now, it'll say, I'm sorry, but all calls have to go to voicemail right now. But please leave a message and I will call you back. Um, I mentioned how I do email maybe two days a week. Um, I do the same with voicemails. Uh, I dedicate certain days to return calls, to make calls, and I batch all of my activities into clusters of time. It makes no sense to be making 50 phone calls over the course of five days when you can do it all in one sitting. You know, uh, I know that that's not exactly a luxury for everyone, but if you can sit down and knock it out in an hour, do it instead of doing it a minute here and a minute there because then you get pulled in different directions. The other thing is increasing your sleep. And like I said, you know, using the crock pot and then focus on pampering yourself. Carve out time to shave your legs, okay? (laughs) I have a do-it-yourself pampering kit on my blog. Uh, It does not require having money to go to the salon. You can do it yourself at home. Um, And then make sure that you are scheduling any overdue appointments. Take your vitamins, drink your water, and above all else, learn to just stop and breathe. Mm. 
right. cut yourself some slack. Well, we, don't, we only have a minute or two left, and no, I'm not going to shave my legs. Uh, Tori- <laughs> Excellent news. Thank you for oversharing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Tori, what's your website address? It is actually at ToriShannon.com, and that's spelled T-O-R-R-E-Y-S-H-A-N-N-O-N.com. And I just recently launched a new area of the website that's going to touch more on what remote living is like for us because I know a lot of veterans and caregivers are starting to go into the rural and remote areas because of PTSD. And I wanted to kind of touch on what our life looks like and what remote living looks like for us. So in addition to the caregiving and veteran advice, I'm also uh, expanding it into uh, what our life looks like on a day-to-day basis. All right. We want to thank you for being on the show, Tori. Linda, do you have anything in closing? I just am so impressed because, I, to me, caregivers show such grace under fire. And, Tori, you're a perfect <laughs> example of someone who is both a powerful voice, resourceful, and clearly never to be underestimated. So thank you so much for being on our program today. Yes. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. And I just want to say to all those that are listening, whether you're a caregiver, a veteran, or just somebody on the outside looking in, um, you know, it, it only takes a few moments of your day to uh, to kind of understand. And the fact that you tuned in and listened today means a lot to me. It really does. And I hope that we can continue the conversation. All right. Thank you. If you missed any of the live shows, be sure to go to the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. They're always there archived on demand 24-7. And remember, the American Heroes Network spotlights and promotes the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any device. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host Linda, signing off and thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and have a terrific week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and his co-host Linda Crater again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors. We breathe red, white, and blue We're America, your country And America wants you America wants you Thanks again for listening to the preceding program. Brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 